1: Hekma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a wonderful Monday morning edition of Talking Cowboys, the day after Super Bowl 55, here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco, <laughs> and everybody doing the, is, the bushwhacker? Oh. Is that what that is? Is that what you call that thing? I don't, don't know. Yeah, bushwhacking. All right. Well, we are here for Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and the great Isaiah Stamback, who has won one of those Super Bowl rings previously, did not do it with Tom Brady, even though it seems like everybody has done that with Tom Brady since, uh, you know, 2003 or whatever, the, the first year he ended up winning it, but yeah, Isaiah might be the only one in the, in the, the Super Bowl company that didn't win it with Tom Brady, but he has won, and we're going to talk about that Super Bowl and Super Bowl 55 coming up here in just a little bit, but spoiler alert, everybody who's listening that's a big Cowboys fan, uh, the Cowboys did not win the Super Bowl this year, I am sad to inform you, unfortunately, the Cowboys we were eliminated out of the playoffs did not make it this far and we'll try again next year and we'll talk plenty about next year and about Dak Prescott there as well and and what he could be going into next year and we've also got some Hall of Fame news to get to throughout the course of the show but Rob yes. I mean 31 to 9 was the final score Tampa Bay came out on top of Kansas City you picked the Chiefs to open the year uh, were you really surprised by this outcome
0: I was not surprised, because while we didn't have it on record, we all made our picks right after the show, and I was a nice guy. I was going to screenshot your actual score prediction yeah. from yesterday, yesterday morning, and I didn't do it. I was going to share it on Twitter. Share with us what your prediction was for the game. Oh,
1: I very accurately said 31-9 to 9 Tampa Bay over Kansas <laughs> City. I said it verbatim, actually. I won all of my Super Bowl squares and everything all day long. Uh, No, Mm. I uh, I picked the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs thirty-four to sixteen. I did end up tweeting it out, Rob. So it's out there. Uh, But yeah, I picked the Chiefs thirty-four to sixteen. But I was Mm. way wrong on that, Isaiah. I know you gave me a little bit of flack last (laughs) week too,
4: Swans. Samsonite, you
0: were way off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was way off.
0: But you know what, Kyle, you weren't alone. You weren't alone. There's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. Has Pat Mahomes ever scored that few of a points in an entire game? I don't think NFL? so. I'm not, I'm not sure. Never.
3: Never. It's only in high school. He had to go back to high school to mm. the last time he was shut out
1: like that. Wow. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, you're really quiet. I'm trying to get you riled up and trying to get you talking about you know your boy and Tampa Bay getting the job done, and you're sitting over here with your hands underneath you, just kind of chilling. Why are you not excited about this?
4: i don't know how to do not know doing my hands. Uh, nah, I'm. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not surprised, man. I, I mean, I said it. I think I said it. And I don't know if it was on the show, off the show, off the air. I've had plenty of conversations, you know, regarding this game and. Everybody's like, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, those guys can't be stopped. I'm like, not so fast, my friend. Um, you know, not only do they have tb 12, which I know is an absolute dog, and you give him two weeks to prepare for anybody, he's going to destroy them. But mm. also, he has a ton of weapons, more weapons than he's ever had in his entire career on this roster. That helps. And then you look at the fact that these guys' defense line and defensive front seven is absolutely amazing. And also – the Kansas City's offensive line was freaking wounded. Oh, and their quarterback was wounded. So these guys—I mean, the the whole thing was was laid out for Tampa to come in and do exactly what they did last night. I was not surprised, not even at least bit so much. So I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. I went and go wash my butt and laid it down in the bag. And, mm-hmm. and my wife told me that the game—that's <laughs> interesting—because it was it wasn't wow. even, at, at a certain point it wasn't even entertaining to watch. I felt bad for Pat Mahomes because he was he was <laughs> he was up in arms, man. He was up in arms. Not only was he was he a, a, a wounded freaking animal, but these guys were after him persistently on every single play. You know, whether if it wasn't JPP, it was in Dominican Su. If it wasn't Dominican Su, it was uh, it was a, a freaking Garrett. If it wasn't Garrett, it was freaking White. I mean, there was you know, Vita Vea. Like he was getting hit a lot. Um, so they, they took care of business. That's a hard team to beat, man. Very talented, very well coached, um, and 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 when you add that experience to it, man, it helps.
0: Shout out to Todd Bowles, mm-hmm. the Cowboys' former yes. assistant thank coach. You. For thank you, thank you, Rob. For it,
4: for I was it. wondering how long we we gonna go on
0: this
3: show before somebody said Todd yeah. Bowles. Man. Well, it's a, go ahead thirty-five go ahead. minutes and forty-five saying. seconds,
1: I'm, or five minutes and forty-five seconds. Five, five,
3: well, there it is. And man, Todd Bowles put this game plan together for Pat Mahomes. And, and come on, man, let's just keep it real. Pat Mahomes and that offense has looked unstoppable all season. And if anyone had bet that they wouldn't have scored at least a touchdown in the Super Bowl, you would have said, man, you're crazy. But you know, look, I'm not going to make any bad jokes about Tom Brady, but this is going to sound like one. Uh, but Tom Brady took the air out of the ball and he <laughs> did what teams are supposed to do versus uh, teams like the Chiefs. And that is run the damn ball. If you look at the time of possession, you look at the, the possessions that they had, they were damn near identical. But the difference was is the fact that they had a running game that kept. Pat Mahomes sitting on the bench drinking Gatorade. And when that defense came in, they were fresh and they were ready to go. And, I mean, we talking in terms of, you know, football jargon and sayings and all that to make ourselves look smart when we say complimentary football and all this, but this was the game yeah, that was. we talk about, complimentary football. You don't need a whole bunch of um, in the back end. Boy, but if you have hunters up front, no. and Domin- if you have goons up front, JPP, uh, Shaq Barrett, and Dominican Sue and Vita mm. Vea, who cool. people are not going to talk about the job that big boy number 50, Vita Vea did, yeah. but he did a wonderful job, and understandably, Kansas City offensive line was beat all to hell, but still, the job that they did internally against the Chiefs, man, is a thing of beauty, and my God, man, Levante David, And his ability to play man-to-man versus Travis Kelsey in the first half made the difference in this game. I don't care what nobody says because when you talk about the read option offense and putting a linebacker man-to-man on that tight end, there isn't 30 other teams in the NFL, 31 other teams in the NFL that would have done that. And Tampa Bay got away with it, man. They ought to dip Todd
0: Bowles' whole body in gold and send him (laughs) him to the Hall of Fame. He he was was fantastic. um, It reminded me of the – 07 Giants beating Brady's Patriots when the Pats were trying to go 17 and 0. Yes, and it, it, I mean to y'all's point, like it was that defensive front pressure where I mean Tampa Bay just kind of had their their safeties playing back and and allowing that that pressure up front to really harass Pat Mahomes and it just kind of shows you, I mean the offense <laughs> has has dominated the NFL now and it dominated this regular season, but this was a Super Bowl that we've seen before where. Great offense comes in and gets hammered by great mm-hmm. defense. Seahawks in 2013. I mentioned the Giants. The Broncos in 2015. It was that type of performance. And Kyle, Tampa Bay is not going anywhere. No, They are no. They are now the NFC's problem. They're the Cowboys' problem next year because Brady's not going anywhere either. Well,
1: and the Cowboys get both of those teams on the road next year. you got to go to Arrowhead and you have to go <laughs> to Raymond James Stadium in uh, – uh, Tampa tomorrow, or next Tampa. year, so you, you do have some issues in, in terms of the Cowboys scheduling. Now, uh, one of the things I always try and do as a host is to take conversations that aren't involving the Cowboys and relay them back to the Cowboys, I also try and stir up debate. So watch what I'm about to do here for a little bit. So whenever it comes to the game plan last night for Kansas City and really the result that we saw on the field, you know what it reminded me of, Rob? You talked about the 2007 Super Bowl. It reminded me about whenever the Cowboys didn't have their two offensive tackles, their starting two offensive tackles, and they went up with a backup quarterback and Andy Dalton on the road against the Washington football team. It looked a lot of the same. Where Andy Dalton was running for his life, there was really no structure on offense because there was no time on offense to do anything. And so my question to you guys, and I'll start with with Rob on this one, but where... do you draw a line with the Cowboys and you see how good of a team Kansas City is, but how much they struggle without their two offensive tackles and then the Cowboys season whenever they didn't have their offensive tackles how bad, or where do you draw the line of it being a bad team or being an unlucky team, an unhealthy
0: team well I, I think injuries are a huge part of it I mean, it, it, it goes back to what we talked about a week or so ago, where it doesn't matter how great your quarterback is. If he's not getting protection and if he doesn't have help around him, even Pat Mahomes, who I believe is the best player in the National Football League and will be an all-time great, mm-hmm. he's already headed that way. If he doesn't have time, I mean, he looks average out there, and that's what happened. Uh, he had a bad night, but it really he was still making great throws. Oh, absolutely. Running yeah. around trying, trying to make things happen. <laughs> The numbers say he had a bad night, but he just didn't have the help. And I think it it really does speak to Kyle having to put the right 11 around your quarterback, especially if you're going to spend whatever it is, 20% of your cap Mm -hmm. on your quarterback. The offensive line is very important. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it should be the 10th overall pick, heck, but, you know, (laughs) but if if there's a way to make sure your depth is good at offensive line, Go do that. I think they're going to try to address that in some form this offseason and hope, like you said, Kyle, that they get healthier up front with Tyron, Lyell, everybody getting back.
3: Yeah, losing, losing Fisher was huge for Kansas City, but also you have to remember they had one of their offensive linemen, I don't know his name, but he opted out to be a doctor in Canada. So they were already shorthanded throughout the season and didn't oh, do yeah. them any, more, any help uh, going into the Super Bowl, and especially against this defense, being shorthanded at the offensive line uh, position. And so, you know, look, you, you asked that question, Kyle, and I think we have lived that reality all season yeah. uh, with not being able to to get into our offensive schemes and a quarterback that's running for his life <laughs> for an hour. You can't do it. And I don't care how good the quarterback is. If a team is getting pressure like you saw Tampa Bay last night and they were hunting Patrick Mahomes. But even with all of that because of his arm and just who he is as a quarterback, he was still hitting his receivers in the head with the ball and they had some they had some untimely drops. And I think Kelsey dropped a few. Hill yep. dropped a few. They had some drops and some things that did not help them. Them. So the Cowboys, if you just want to talk about the health of the offensive line, it's very important, man. To at least now start to think about how you get that health. How do you back up these positions? How do you get younger at the offensive line? We're there, and we have to start talking about that.
1: Isaiah?
4: Yeah, I think I think as you look as you look at that comparison, I think that's a good question, Kyle. The difference between us and, and Kansas City, obviously, is that Kansas City got out schemed for one game. Yep. Right. They had to deal with that for a game versus we showed that consistently. (laughs) And that's that's where the distinguishment really has to happen. I think that we it was very prevalent that that our that our coaching uh, was lacking in that particular area. And then obviously you just it's hard, very hard, very difficult. To overcome injuries i mean it is what it is you're you're handed a certain number of players you do the best you can with those players and when your top guys are missing then you're kind of you know you know sol you know per se so it, it's just one of those things you just can't get out of it if i've had a dodgeball team and my and you guys are my top three players and all of a sudden y'all go down with sprained ankles i gotta bring in some other kids I, my chances of winning have certainly went down so i mean that's what the, that's what kc experienced last night in addition to great players on the opposing side of the ball
1: the, the next man yeah. up mentality only goes so far, and we saw that again last night because Absolutely. the
2: right. the
1: next man up was getting blown off the ball by Jason Pierre-Paul really easily, and Jason Pierre-Paul along with uh, Vita Vea and that entire defensive line Sue, you can even go with Shaq Barrett on the other side. They had pressure all night long on Patrick Mahomes, and, and there's a couple people in the chat that are saying this at the moment, but they're saying last night makes you really want to take an offensive tackle at pick number 10, and I don't disagree. I think there's a potential here, if Rashawn Slater's there at 10 for the Dallas Cowboys whenever the draft comes up in April, I wouldn't be against playing him because he can play guard, he can play tackle, uh, all of a sudden your depth on the offensive line and your mismatch and your pieces all kind of start fitting together a little bit better. So offensive tackle is definitely on the board. But, When you look at defense, that's what's won. That's what won this championship. uh, I was trying. I was trying to make a transition (laughs) here, Rob, into the defensive talk. But what what do you want to hit? You want to take an offensive tackle at ten? Because I'm saying take an offensive (laughs) tackle. Not, not,
0: not really. I mean, not. I mean, if if Tyron and Lyell are back healthy and which we're not sure about for sure that the. Well, that's what they think is going to happen. If that does happen, there's a very real chance that your 10th overall draft pick may be on the bench to start the season. Like, how, how are you getting better right away doing that? I, well, I'm Slater not, plays guard, too. I am not against something.
4: Ask Green Bay. As Green Bay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Slater plays guard, guys.
4: That's like the that. difference
1: between Jordan Love. He doesn't play running back as well as quarterback. Rashawn Slater plays tackle and offensive guard, so he can play the left guard so you're spot. You're saying
4: you're ready to Connor
0: Williams? Yes. I'm, heck okay, yeah. It, that would be a huge if upgrade. He's one of your. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if he's one of your best five, and yeah. and if you get to your tenth pick and he is a C.D. Lamb type blinking light for you like he's you far and away it. the best guy on your board then I'm for that okay but mm-hmm. like if you if it's close between that uh offensive and lineman and need. a defensive guy that can ch- yeah like what have we been talking about all yeah, year? that's long? fine yeah I'm <laughs> okay with that I'm Rob, not saying saw, don't
4: trap corner hey Rob my dog Bucky Brooks I saw it on his board this morning on, on, on NFL Network he had uh Sewell, Coming to Dallas at the number ten pick. Ooh, a lot wow. of people Ooh. have
3: that. A lot of people have
4: a Penayshul. Don't get and me I, excited, and that's
3: guys. Hard. And look, that's going to be and that's going to be hard to to turn down Penayshul at number ten. But again, if it's not Penayshul and it's the difference between a defensive guy or an offensive offensive lineman. I'm with you, P, on that. You're going to have to address your defense, and you're going to – I mean, look, you're going to have to do that anyway, whether it be via free agency, however you look at it. You're going to have to make some moves, but you're going to have to get younger. You're going to have to get a guy through the draft that's going to make your defense better, hopefully, right? Yeah.
0: I thought Sewell was kind of penciled in to Cincinnati at four, Kyle. Is that (laughs) that kind of changing? He
1: he definitely should be. I don't know what Bucky's doing in terms of that. I might have to ask him that tomorrow on the draft show, but – uh if Pene Sewell is there at 10 then I mean I th- I have him as my top non quarterback in the draft and I would take him yeah, and, you, and do you, never do look have back. You grab him? A defense alignment or do you grab your favorite tight end Kyle? Don't even don't even talk about defensive line in the conversation <laughs> of Pene Sewell and Kyle Pitts. There's nobody there. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. There's nobody there. Kyle Pitts. I I'm, What about
3: defense, Kyle?
1: Kyle Come Pitts on. would be a lot of fun. Uh, it, but I I don't I don't think you can make that pick, at this point, offensive oh, tackle you can make that pick. Games. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Offensive tackle oh. will win you games, like a Rashawn Slater or a Penny Sewell. They will win you games. Whereas on the other side, Kyle Pitts is going to be a lot of fun. He may not win you games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You need to win games. What if Kyle?
0: What what if what if there's going to be a nice bust to Kyle Pitts and Canton in like 2037? You know, yeah. 20, <laughs> 20, 20 41. What about well, that? I'm just playing Devil's, advocate. I, I, just devil's I, advocate.
1: I love it whenever you play Devil's Advocate, Rob, because it gives me a chance to finally be an analyst on this show. But whenever it comes to having a bust in Canton, let me just make this point. The Cowboys are going to have a bust in Canton with a tight end coming up in, what is it, five years, six years from now? And did he Trigger. win any Super Bowls? He did not. And I love Jason Witten and I love what he did for the organization. He's one of my all-time favorite players, but you still didn't win a Super Bowl with him. So, even if you're saying, yeah. tight end Kyle Pitts is going to be a Hall of Famer in in 2037 or whatever the year you just threw out there is, it, it doesn't matter to me because you need to win games and I don't think Kyle Pitts is the difference between this team being 6-10 and 10 and then being a Super Bowl contender next year. That's just not the case. Offensive line could maybe Get you there. Offensive line depth can maybe get you there. If,
4: even if, even but even if Sewell has to sit on the bench,
1: I don't Ooh. think would, I don't think they would play him on the bench. I think or I think they would play him. He Ooh. would be a best five, and they would put him at guard. Either that or Slater. I'm, uh, Slater's more flexible than Pinay Sewell is, but I think they would put the best five out there and Connor Williams can ride off into the sunset and then all of a sudden you've got a best yeah, five just, of the <laughs> <laughs> offensive Pene, line. Pinay
3: Sewell is not going to make it to 10. Uh, if he makes it I to don't think 10, he then either. I would be shocked by that. Would right? you run, run to the star happen. and back? But Slater... it I would not, and okay. um, I'm, I guess, you know, astute enough not to take the bait on that either. But either way, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that you have to go defense. Um, you have to go with either a linebacker, or you have to go with that corner uh, from Alabama. He's right there, if it's, or if the Virginia Tech corner mm-hmm. uh, is is isn't gone already. So you know, defensively, we have to get better. We had an opportunity to get Winfield last year, and. <laughs> he wins a, mm. he wins a super bowl his rookie year so and he was very impactful last night
1: i don't think we really had a He's chance at winfield Ty last Rich. year he won the second round so yeah, you don't 40, you know, if, yeah again, but you're not going to take him at 17 I mean, he, he, he you may went,
3: not. You may trade you may trade down. You may trade down and get him later. I'm just saying, look, I'm I'm, I'm putting everything back on the table. If you do twenty twenty draft again, it may look different.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely would look different. That's and all I'm saying. You're exactly right. And he played really well last night too, and then had the taunting penalty against uh Tyree Kilt. Now, speaking of that defense and kind of the the, the Buccaneers, the way they got to that defense was drafting really well, keeping some of these young guys, and then signing key free agents like a Nick Dominick like Sue, like uh, a Jason Pierre-Paul, who ended up being really, really good players who were on the back end of veteran yeah. deals. Well, the Cowboys tried to do the exact same thing, and it didn't work out this year, Hecma. So, whenever it comes <laughs> to building the defense, what's next for the Cowboys if you want to try and copy and, and, and paste what Tampa Bay did in order to get to their Super Bowl?
3: Man, the, the man with eight fingers looks like he's not slowing down anytime soon. Not at and, all. J, and that's J, JPP. And his, I mean, he looks lights out. I mean, just the last month and a half of him playing football, he's looked like the old JPP from the New York Giants. And, man, Shaq Barrett, there's not a lot you can say about it about him and, and how explosive he is and also in Dum Sioux. Yeah, we thought we had something in Poe. We thought we had something in Griffin, but we were wrong. And whether it was, you know, going back to the scheme and whether it was the wrong scheme for these guys, it was the wrong team, they did not work out for us. And so finding a guy that can do what JPP does in a 3-4 defense with putting his hand in the ground or standing up, we tried to tr- turn Tank into that, and it didn't work for us. Mm-hmm. So now we're going back to the old defense that we had before. So it's going to come down to the scheme, and it's also going to f- come down to, you know, if a
4: guy still has any juice or anything left yeah see the, the thing the difference I believe there is a uh, heck <clears throat> and Kyle and Rob is JPP and so you know those are dogs there's 100%. no question about it no question about it you know at the at the very least you got some dogs on your D line and I'm not sure if we knew we had dogs on our D line I think we had good players on our D line yeah and yeah. that's the difference Right. So 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 as you're thinking about the characteristics of your head coach, Sue and JPP reflect their head coach. Right. Mm -hmm. What kind of players are we going to bring on that Mm -hmm. are going to reflect our head coach? Who is our head coach right now? What is the character? What is the identity of that defense that that we want to have? That's what we have to establish. They establish
0: theirs. What are we going to what are we going to establish? I agree. You've you got to find your, your identity on defense. And, look, I mean, Sue and, and JPP, I believe, they, they were holdovers from the previous defense. And yes. They, yeah. I think they won seven games the year before. Let's be honest. I mean, the biggest difference was Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, stepped in, and not only did he transform the locker room and got guys to believe, like, like Isaiah mentioned earlier, I think it might be the most talented team he ever has played on in terms of young talent, offensive skill players, Guys that, because he came there, wanted to come and play and win a Super Bowl. Gronk, guys that scored touchdowns last night. Antonio Brown. All of them. uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they – I think, Kyle, they've done a great job of drafting. I mean, Devin White. Awesome. um,
1: He's a superstar.
0: uh, uh, We talked about – he's a superstar. We talked about Winfield. Uh, Murphy Bunting at cornerback had a great postseason Mm -hmm. for them. Uh, they've they've done just a great job drafting. Cowboys have to, they've got to use the draft to to rebuild this defense. I really I really believe that because um, they've just got so many question marks on that side of the ball. And Isaiah Isaiah talks about it a lot. Culture, right? Tom Brady
3: came to Tampa Bay and he changed the culture. Yep, And, and that's all they needed because if that's the, if you look at the roster and where they had last year, there's only three or four. Players that came in this year that made the the change from from holdover from last year, and that was the difference. You talk of all year, they talked about you know guys coming to work every day, not making any excuses, working together, uh, sacrificing for one another. Did you hear any of that this year for, with our team? I don't think so. You know, so those are some of the things that make championships that cha- make championships te- championship teams and we just didn't have that. Who are those guys in our locker room that changes <laughs> the ethos? Who are those guys? Who are the guys that you come to work for and you won't make any mistakes? You won't take this playoff because you don't want to disappoint that guy. That's why football is the ultimate team game and when you have a guy like Tom Brady that can come in and change that culture and make your team a winning franchise, you got to get guys like that and if this is a copycat league, then we need to copy. And emulate
4: that. Hey, hey. Yo, watch the film.
1: <laughs> Just saying.
4: Oh, gosh. Just oh, saying. gosh.
1: Oh, goodness gracious. That's a good way to, to end that on that. That was for one. you, KY. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it, Isaiah. <laughs> goodness. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, we did have some positive Cowboys news over the weekend and a nice little Hall of Fame surprise. We're going to talk about 88 going to our the dream. Hall of Fame when we come back on the other side of the yeah, break. You're man. listening to Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. Second segment here of Talking Cowboys here on the Monday following Super Bowl 55. Congratulations to all those Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans out there that may or may not be watching Talking Cowboys on a Monday. I don't know why you would be, but congratulations anyways. I'll throw it out there. Now, whether you're watching from home as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan or whether you're uh, uh, you know watching from the stands as a part of the 25,000 peoples with Essilor lenses, you can see every <laughs> exciting play with a booking appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more. Essilor. Heck, my Harrison, how are those Essilor lenses looking? Mmm. I don't
3: have a saying for this, but they're they're wonderful. Oh, okay. They're, they're great. They're great. I can <laughs> see more and do more. It's not, not a symphony more.
1: on your head. Yes. It's just it's just they're great. They're wonderful. I'm excited to get a pair of it's my just own. That's wonderful. I mean, that you should. I'm ready. I'm ready for that now. Uh, uh, while I wait for Essel Orleans, it'll never be really kind of the the amount of time that we've had to wait to see Drew Pearson get the call to the Hall of Fame. And, of course, Mister the original 88, Mr. Drew Pearson, got that call from the Hall of Fame. He will be enshrined forever in Canton, Ohio, and something that has really been Love special it. for him to hear finally. And, of course, we go back a year ago where – a part of the centennial celebration yeah. of the NFL. He thought he was going to get in, and, of course, that call didn't come last year, and it was a very emotional time not only for him but everybody who knew Drew Pearson. And now he Under gets that 50. chance, and he gets to be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. Rob, I know you've, you've been around Drew Pearson. Both of you guys have watched Drew Pearson, and really uh, what do you remember about him as a person on and off the field and then also just a huge congratulations to him overall?
0: Well, I thought um, I thought his speech at the draft about the Eagles should have got him in the Hall of Fame on its own merit. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was right. one the, that's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, I, I, to me, it's real simple. Uh, I'm really happy for Drew. I just I've always felt like the Hall of Fame is more than just statistics and Super Bowls and and what players do over the course of an entire season or career. I, I think it's also some of the great stories that come out of the game and. I, you you see that when you go visit Canton. They have those stories yes. enshrined. And you can't tell the entire story of the NFL without the Hail Mary. And you can't tell the Hail Mary yep. without Drew Pearson. It can't just be Roger Staubach. Yep. And so he's got that great moment. But on top of that, he's got the numbers, even in a different era. I think he's fourth all-time in Cowboys history in catches. He's got four, three or four Pro Bowls, three Pro Bowls. All-decade team in the 1970s. He's the only man left to not be inducted in the Hall of Fame as a member of that team. And it just—it was just a no-brainer. And it's something that needed to be righted a long time ago. And I'm I'm glad that he finally got his moment, especially after what happened last year where he found out on camera on national TV that he wasn't getting in. It just broke his heart. So I'm glad they got it corrected.
3: No, I agree with everything you just said, Rob. And you're right, man. This, you know, seeing him and the way that, you know, the Dallas Cowboys got was the way the announcement was done in the hallways of the star with Roger Staubach and Jerry Jones. It just it melts your heart, man, because you 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 saw him last year get his heart broken, and you could tell, man, he was genuinely disappointed. Uh, and had his family there around him. And, and I think we all in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex shared in that disappointment uh, because you know what he means to this franchise. If you're ever in the star, there is, and there's a lot of artwork in the star for one, but there's this great one in the staircase that shows the Hail Mary, the December 28th, mm-hmm. 1975, uh, Hail Mary from Roger Starback to Drew, uh, to Drew Pearson in the playoff games versus the Minnesota Vikings. And it's man, it's just beautiful the way that they have this the the Hail Mary depicted in this picture, mm-hmm. but. To see him get in and to see the joy uh, that he feels. And, man, I'll never know. I may, You know, maybe I'll get in as a contributor. Yeah, I won't say <laughs> never. <laughs> but the, Hall, the Hall of Fame means so much. And I, I've been around Hall of Famers. You know, my uncle is a Hall of Famer. And mm-hmm. I see the fraternity and the way that these guys are together. And it means so much to them to have given their lives to the game and be considered uh this way and so i'm just happy for a guy that like you said rob he played during a different generation and when you look at you know the calvin johnson's guys that put up 11,000 uh yards and you know 80 80 touchdowns and all of those things and you look at drew's numbers and you say well well you're basing this based off of a different era in football uh, I don't think that he deserved to be passed over that many times through this many decades. But, look, man, it don't matter when you get in, as long as you get in. Mm-hmm. And the original 88, you are
4: immortalized, sir. <laughs> uh, man, I-, I can tell you guys this. I, I couldn't be more happy, more proud. Uh, I call him I call him Unc, Big Unc, because mm. he's like an uncle to me, man. He's, he's kind of taking me under his wings he always he always looks out for me always give me shout outs we've we've taken you know vacations as cowboys together and you know we stay in communication i've been on the show a few times and i text him yesterday uh, just to tell him congrats and you know, we exchanged messages a couple of times and i'm just i'm elated man that, that they finally you know, are paying him the respect that he deserves because he's given so much to this game and he's so well yeah. respected around this league obviously we know how he's Um, how he's valued here in the, in the Metroplex, but just around the world, um, he's respected. Um, he's a part of that, he's a part of history that, that everybody remembers now. Right. Everybody remembers. Yeah. Um, obviously, I wasn't around when he was playing ball, <laughs> but I've had the opportunity to go back now and see him, see you know his highlights and, and and just what he means to everybody around him. And that's really a testament of who he is as a person, not only as a player. Um, I would imagine that he's a much better person. That's the man mm-hmm. that I know um, than he was than he ever was a player.
1: And that, and that says a lot. Agreed, and, and Chris Bean played a ton of the highlights uh, over the top of our conversation here, and you could see kind of the, the what he meant. I mean, there were celebrations on the sideline that he was a part of, and just kind of the, the different types of the, the the person he was off the field was just as much of a Hall of Famer as he was on the field, and that's that's what I've taken away, just like you just said, Isaiah, from even uh, much fewer interactions with Drew Pearson, but he's had that same kind of impact on me as well, and so huge congratulations. To the original 88, and and something that is completely overdue and and, and finally getting righted because, man, he deserves to be in the the Hall of Fame. And like Rob said earlier, you can't tell the story without Drew Pearson uh, being in it if you're trying to tell the story about the NFL. Now, my question now brings me to this because there's a couple other guys that are waiting on the list, one of which that just retired, and we mentioned in the first segment, and Jason Witten. But who's next for the Cowboys that could potentially find their way into the hall of fame over the next couple of years there's a couple guys on that list rob any that stick out to you personally
0: well correct me if i'm wrong demarcus ware is up Mm -hmm. after next season so 2022 yeah i think he's got a great shot to be in as a first ballot hall of famer and I, i really hope that happens for him um tony romo i think becomes eligible the same year don't know, don't know what, I think he's got numbers. I think he's got numbers. He didn't get Super Bowls. So that's usually mm-hmm. what quarterbacks are judged on. Yeah. I just, the guy that stands out for me continues to be Darren Woodson. I think he yeah. is maybe the, the most unsung player, certainly on the on that Cowboys defense in the 90s, but also the entire team. And, uh, you know, congratulations to John Lynch for getting in. But to, to me, if you stack. Darren Woodson's resume against John Lynch is that to me there's no difference. To me there's, I mean you're looking at a guy that that uh, won three Super Bowls, leads the Cowboys all time in tackling, Um, just a great player that just kind of went went about his business, did his job, and um, to me is in kind of the same vein as Drew Pearson. I don't I don't think he gets enough respect nationally for what he did in his career. I hope his time is coming uh, soon.
3: You know, with Woody with Woody, I think, you know, what you know, the Troy Polamalu's, the Ed Rees, the, the the Brian Dawkins of the NFL, they changed the way that you looked at safeties because in the nineties, you know, eighties, late eighties, nineties, um, you know, it was a Steve Atwater guys that would just knock the paint off a school bus, you (laughs) know. You had guys like that that played, and Woody was amongst that. You know, Mm -hmm. he was an enforcer uh, back there. He only had 23 interceptions, and I think that's some of the things that they look at when they talk about uh, Darren Woodson. But he was the enforcer, and you talk about his statistic of being the all-time leading tackler of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that, to me, if you look at the franchise and the history of this franchise, that's enough. Um, but there are a lot of guys, you know, there are a lot of guys that I've always considered like Daryl Moose Johnson. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you can say Emmett Smith without Moose. And what he's what he did for Emmitt, so there are a lot of guys, and even look the great Everson Walls. Yep, now, yes. I'm, I'm from Dallas. I'm from Dallas, and I'm gonna tell you, Everson Walls in the '80s was like prime time to us. You know, 57 interceptions, he was all of that. And maybe they didn't go to they didn't go to a Super Bowl, or he won a Super Bowl with the Giants uh, later. But still, man, what Everson Walls and his impact on on the Cowboys defense back in the '80s, man, was was enormous. So there. Are few guys uh, that should be considered that haven't been
0: i'm glad you mentioned everson Mm because he was i think he was either finalist or semi-finalist a couple years ago he's he's got to be in that conversation too no question
1: Fifty seven career interceptions for Everson Walls, four time Pro Bowler, yeah. three time first Jesus. team all pro along to, along yeah. with those fifty-seven career INTs. I mean, you've got guys like uh, I'm just
4: saying uh, yeah, That's I a mean, A lot of freaking INTs. It's a
1: lot of interceptions. <laughs> uh, we did the the top sixty players of Cowboys history kind of with the, the 60th anniversary last year, and Darren Woodson was eighteenth on that list, and I agree with Rob where he's probably the next one up for me. Uh Drew. Pearson's was number 15 and then you've got Leroy Jordan Chuck Howley then Darren Woodson that's 15 16 yeah. 17 18. Uh, he's in front of Charles Haley and Charles Haley is of course in the Hall of Fame and I know this is just a list that's voted on by Damn media right. and people that have been around the team but Dion's number 22 and Darren Woodson's up in front of Dion in terms of the list so overall I mean there's so many different aspects that go into Hall of Fame voting Isaiah and, and of course finally getting in it took Drew Pearson Way too long to get in. But do you see any of these other names, these other cowboys finding their way to Canton?
4: Yeah, I think everybody that you guys just mentioned that obviously are, is deserving. Um in what order, I don't know. Um I think, you know, because of who's voting on it, it, it comes down to likability, it comes down to, you know, uh, you know, charisma and all those other kind of factors that really should have no place in the judging <laughs> for for the Hall of Fame. It's no different yeah, than T.O. T.O. should have been what, first ballot, but he wasn't because people didn't like him. You know, so I mean, it's just... It's just it is what it is. It's the process that, that that's that's laid out in front of us. But Everson obviously that's my that's my other dog. He deserves to be in there. Uh Big Moose, uh, I've come to know him. He's obviously deserving of it. It would be no Emmett without him. Yep. You got D dub. D dub is going to be a first ballot because everybody not only his play on the field, but everybody loves him. Right. So there's no yeah. there's no there's no question about it. So, you know, you got guys like Everson that just go on about and and, and even Woody, right? Woody goes on about his business. He doesn't talk a lot. Right. right. Woody goes on about his business, just goes out, he you know, he asks his Professional life now, and you know he does a little commercials here and there to say, "Hey, I'm Woody." But aside from that, he just does work. And uh, unfortunately, guys like that get looked over, and and that's and that's the sucky part of it. You know, you got guys like Uncle Drew who. You know, a little bit more outspoken, and guess what? Uh, because you're outspoken, we're gonna we're gonna push you back a little bit. We're just gonna make you wait. Uh, matter of fact, we're gonna embarrass you. You know, for a year when when yeah. everybody knew you should have been on there. So it's it's stuff like that that should not go on. Yeah. Uh, I think all these guys get in. Um, I think it really the question comes down to and what order should guys go in because all True. these guys should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: We're gonna try to figure that out too, Isaiah. I think we're gonna do a top ten list on the site this week of who needs to get in what order Mm. just our opinions on it uh i know brian brought us when he did this show and i i wasn't old enough to see it but harvey martin was was a player that he constantly talked about Mm -hmm. you know harvey martin was a dog before sacks were a stat you know he probably would have held he would have held the record you know over strahan so i you know you hope that the door hasn't closed on some of the Going way back in Cowboys history. It's just now it's reaching a point where you got D Ware showing up as a first ballot and you're getting into that generation. Time's really moving fast, you know?
1: Just to back up Brian on that and what brought us had to say, go out and find me. This is a homework assignment for all those listening to this podcast. Go out and find me a Super Bowl MVP, a four time Pro Bowler, a first team All Pro, and an all decade member of the 1970s team, and I would say find me an all-decade member throughout the NFL's history that's not in the Hall of Fame, and that's Harvey Martin. That's his resume. Mm. Find me one, because I doubt there's one out there that was a Super Bowl MVP, all-decade team member, four-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro. That doesn't happen. You don't play that well, and you don't have that kind of accolades. And that's not even with yeah. me <laughs> watching the guy play. But just looking at his resume, yeah. that's enough to get in in my, my yeah. book. And, and I think that's something yeah, that people should look at because that's unbelievable, the kind of impact that he has. That's had. all they should
4: be looking at. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's it. True. I mean, yeah. character and all that stuff comes into play, right? But we're talking about your play on the field. That's what we're
1: talking about. I, I completely I know, agree. I, I, uh, <laughs> I also, and I'm chatting with somebody in the Periscope chat here, but I really want Nate Newton to get in it because I want to hear a speech. I want to hear Nate Newton's Hall of Fame speech because I think it would oh, be yeah. fantastic. Oh, man. That would be yeah, so cool. Yeah, I can't leave
0: Big Nate off that list mm-hmm. either. I, yep. think,
1: uh, I, I think that one might six-time be – Six-time pro bowler. Yeah, it, it might be a little bit of a stretch because he doesn't have, like, the all-pro accolades. But, man, in terms of a, a big-time member of that Cowboys team and that Cowboys dynasty, he's right up there in that mix. I think so as well. And, like yeah, you said, yeah. six-time I mean, pro bowler, three-time champ. you you. Man, Nate was a part of those teams, and if it had not been for
3: Nate, I'd say like the NFC Championship game in San Francisco. Nate mm-hmm. was a big part of the leadership of telling guys that, look, we'll be right back. You know, so, man, just you talk about the politics, also Isaiah of the NFL and how they, how they choose these guys. That's always been a big part of Yo, it. So mm-hmm. for guys like Harvey Martin not to be on and other names uh, that you guys have listed, uh, yeah, politics plays a lot into it. Yeah,
4: buddy.
1: I wish it didn't. I wish it was once they step off the field. There's not as much there, but um, I mean, there's no way you can do that. We're all human, and the voters are human as well. But we'll talk about that later. But hey, they were human enough to get Drew Pearson into the mix, and thank goodness they did because he deserves to be there. Once again, congratulations to Drew and the original '88 to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Can't wait to hear his speech too. Man, I hope he f- mentions the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. That would be fun. That's going to be so a fun, earth. fun speech. Now, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. We've got some uh, housekeeping to do, and we've got to talk about something that happened last night and something that kind of carried over into this morning, and we're going to talk about how it affects the Cowboys potentially. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Talking Cowboys, presented by GEICO. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take
0: a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo, that's
2: music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time.
0: Pour it in
2: a glass of
1: ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda.
2: A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Barrelux for super-sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor.
0: The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way.
1: On to the final segment here of talking Cowboys, and whether you're listening at home, working out, or you're trading some of those fantasy players on DraftKings, can uh, can you talk about the uh, oh, man Isaiah? Your headphones are really loud, my friend. Goodness I gracious, know they suck. You know why? Because they're both they're not Bose QuietComfort earbuds like Heckma Harrison has. Heckma they ex- help you experience audio at a whole new level. How does it sound?
3: It's like a symphony in your head, Kyle. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs)
1: It's so calm.
3: (laughs) You're not saying that with as much emotion as you used to. I gotta switch it up every week. I can't. I can't come with the same thing every week,
1: Rob. Come on, switch it up. Come on. I mean, that's yeah, what I, I was ready for it. Right.
0: I was yeah, I was ready for the it's ready a, for a it. symphony ah, it's in my a head. Symphony in my head. It's like a symphony in my head. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> that's like it, my baby guy. And everything, you know what I'm saying, Rob? Oh my gosh! I put out
4: there too. I put the baby out there, Kyle teed it up. Oh gosh, God. I mean, <laughs> that's, we'll
1: the come come, man. that's the thing. That's oh, the thing is, whenever man. you're used to <laughs> seeing something and you're used to kind of seeing it over and over again, and you like seeing it, and then it's left out. And it's not a part of something, mm. then it, it just kind of it, it, it gets you. It, it feels like there's a feeling it, missing, right? Like it just feels like it's missing. That's okay. I'm yeah. glad you you you, hey, Kyle, you made hey, Kyle, made up for what? it.
4: That was a great assist, though, Kyle. That was a great assist, Kyle. I have to, have to admit, you know, Just was a softball. It, it was, was, was a softball. Up. You teed it up there for me. Oh, him, thank you. Know? you. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate
1: <laughs> the that. The
3: guys are the worst.
1: Yeah, this is. I'm I'm so confused now. Uh, Let's let's talk about a video. How about that, gentlemen? Uh You guys remember when whenever I I made the draft show video and you guys were upset because y'all didn't get a hype video. You remember that cuz Rob oh, made never fun before that. that. On
3: your hype videos or mm-hmm. your tweets yeah. about how much you enjoy certain mm. shows and, oh I learned something mm. anyway I'm sorry. I I'm, learned I'm from you guys heads every on
1: day. Transformers. Yeah, I didn't make the Transformer type video. Now, uh, I also I mean you yep. guys got a Christmas card. The Draft Show didn't get a Christmas card. So I just will throw that out there. So uh, That's
0: It's
1: true. Appreciate it. Yeah, I did make okay. a Christmas Thank card. You, sir. So anyways, the Cowboys released a video last night and I just really want to quickly address this, and I'll read what Derek Eagleton put on Twitter. If you want to go read it for yourself, it's a long tweet. But basically, in this hype video, it was saying 2021 starts right now for the Dallas Cowboys, and it's time to go to work, right? The off season's here. Time to get into the new season because the Super Bowl's over. Let's go try and win a Super Bowl, the 6-1 in franchise history. Well, there was no Dak Prescott in that video. And it's a really good, really well-made video. And I thought it was awesome. I didn't even really notice that there was no Dak Prescott my first time around. But then news kind of, or not news, but people started picking up on it. And uh, media members, of, uh, uh, and, and you got fans tweeting about it and things of the sort. Well, This is what Derek had to say about it because people were starting to read into it as this was from the franchise. This was the franchise saying, let's leave Dak Prescott out of this conversation. Uh, That's not the case. And Derek said earlier, he said, this was simply an oversight that should have been caught and corrected by us. Anyone who was making it seem like the Cowboys' decision makers... Use social media videos to make statements, doesn't understand, or take the time to understand how all of this works. Trust me, there is no story here. And I think he put it perfectly. There's no story here. That's nothing that you should really freak out about. It was just a video that was put up, and it, there happened to be no number four in there. And Isaiah, you said it before the show, he played five games this year. And a lot of that footage, the Cowboys aren't even really even allowed to use at this point because the NFL's COVID protocols and the way that they want to look at different things. So he wasn't really available. So they put some of the guys that were available in 2020 on the 2021 hype video, but nothing to look into, Rob. And really, these are important weeks, though, in the DAC negotiation coming up because you're starting to get to the point where you kind of need to hear something soon.
0: Hey the only thing i would say to that is just remember you know the the benefit we have is that we're given so much freedom to mm-hmm. say what we want about this team we can be critical we can you know we on yeah. our shows on our written content and so um, look, it was an oversight, like Derek said. It, it happens. It wasn't. There was no hidden message here. I think you know. I'm really shocked that this has picked up steam, but social media can do that. So I guess maybe I shouldn't should <laughs> yep. be shocked. Um, yeah, you're right, Kyle. It's starting. To, it's you know. It's time to both sides, man. Roll up your sleeves and let's get something done because uh, I think the news came out um, either from NFL Network or ESPN yesterday that the cap level might be somewhere around uh, 180 million. The floor was supposed to be 175. Uh, yeah, and so you know you're talking about a 20 million dollar difference, close to it uh, from last year, if that's the case. But look, teams have an idea of what they're going to be working with, so I think the Cowboys now can can probably settle in and and try to work something out here. Um, if it's not done by March 9th, the tag comes into play again. Doesn't mean they can't keep negotiating, but you got the tag again. That means they would have to budget 37.7 million dollars on their Decrease cap mm-hmm. for Dak Prescott. It would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot of things easier to get it done in the next month. Please get it
3: done. Yes. <laughs> God. So we don't have I, to
0: talk about this. And so look, what, I agree. And yeah. tell, reading into look, hype videos and all that stuff, you know. Man, dude, look. It's
3: 2021, and playing the devil's advocate is outdated and stale, right? So I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> wow. you know, I just feel okay. like people want to find anything and this is the dude this is the time that we live in with social media and all of that like when when the Carson Wentz takes quarterback of the Eagles off of his Instagram it's news you know if all of this stuff is just crazy it makes you crazy and I mean I saw the I saw the same video uh I retweeted it I didn't even think about that. It yeah. didn't even dawn me on me, me uh, that that was a thing. And then you wake up this morning and you got everybody saying, well, Dak's not in it and all of that. I mean, dude, I don't even think that the the process of putting together a film like that. I mean, Chris Bean does it all the time. He should probably be the one talking right now <laughs> because he makes countless hype videos all the time. And, and you know, just things like that should not be looked at as a slight at Dak or yeah. where we are in the negotiation. But look, you know, we... (laughs) We're just at a point in time with this whole Dak Prescott negotiating getting the contract where it is past the 11th hour. And I think for Cowboy fans that this shows you how desperate everyone is to look in, to get a peek behind the curtain of what this negotiation is going, how it's going. Hell, that you have Derek Eagleton having to make statements about what the editing (laughs) the the media team did with a hype video. That's where
1: we are. That's so (laughs) crazy to think about. That's very well put, Hackma Harrison, And by the way, I want to clarify, Chris Beam did not make this video specifically. I know you just threw his name oh, out there. No, no, no. I wanted to, to make sure that he was not berated on Twitter or his Call of Duty Twitch stream about making this video. He did not make I the just video. But but threw
0: him under the bus. But, but no. Chris, your handle is? That's what?
1: No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't know. We can. I mean, we can advertise it, but he didn't make the video. Uh, don't do it later. No, I'm so,
0: kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, but Heckman,
1: you you put it really well. Like this is this is desperation time. By the way, I'm looking at a live look at the Star and the Tostitos Championship Plaza, and there's hype videos of Dak Prescott playing on the big screen at the Star. So if anybody oh, was well, wondering, well, it's here. So I just. want – Yeah, there we go. Yeah, they, they just switched it. Now it's the Cincinnati game, hey, but you know, it was there know, a second ago. The,
0: the other thing about this too is that there's so much craziness around the quarterback position in the entire league yes. like er, there's so many teams that are r- rumored to be doing reaching. this or doing that all these potential trades yeah reaching everybody's looking but, for something
4: but also fellas I mean let's let's be real let's just be real I think Heckman touched on that a little bit we're we're, we're in a different age man we're in a different age. We're in an age where before COVID hit, we will wait around in a movie theater for 30 minutes just to see a snippet of what's going to go on in the next movie. We're, yeah. in, a, we're, in, a, we're in a day and age where people pause frame by frame mm-hmm. the entire two and a half hour movies just to catch Easter eggs. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're in a day and an age where Reddit posts a five second <laughs> ad in the Super Bowl and people pause it and have to read it for 45 seconds. So people are looking for anything. Right, yeah. so in in a day and age with social media, where everybody posts things so intentionally, right, where everything is so strategically placed, right, where I look at your background to see what the picture is in your background to see is that a family member, is that an ex girlfriend, what is that, right? Everybody's looking for something. Wow. So when so the thought process, the thought of an oversight doesn't even exist anymore. Right. Because everything is so strategic. Everything is laid out on purpose. Everybody is specifically placing things in videos to, to give you little Easter eggs. Right. Of what's to come. So when there actually is an oversight, oh, heck, no, it's mayhem. Oh, crap. Dax not coming back. No, y'all. Chill out. Look, DE and the rest of the squad, they, it was like he said it was an oversight. There's no news here. Trust me, Mr. Jones isn't coming down and talking to DE talking about, "Hey, make sure you take Dak out of this one." Okay? It's not that's not happening. That's right?
0: not how it works. No. It's not no. how it
4: works, people. So that's what that's what Der- that's what Mr. Uh, Derek Eagleton means, but when he says, "There's no news here. Y'all don't understand how it works." No disrespect. That's what he's that's what he means. You don't know the inner workings of how the organizational structure works. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an oversight. I mean, shoot. The free again, teams are reaching out to doggone uh, Russell Wilson right now trying to trade. Like, come on, man. Like, everything's on the table this year. So let's just be real. It's an oversight. Treat it as that.
1: Well, and I think, kind of going back to what Heckman was saying about desperation for news, I mean, that's the thing that's kind of crazy right now is that you haven't heard anything. You haven't heard anything about the ankle. You haven't heard anything, at least concrete, about the negotiations. You've heard other people spout off about it, but it's nothing from either party, and it's nothing that you can really have concrete going into these negotiations. So that's what people are starved for. They're starved for any kind of inkling of an edge or a, a leverage or wherever exactly. this ends up being and so yeah. you're starving for that so much that you're looking into a hype video <laughs> that was really well made and was really cool and was supposed to be a fun thing and it ends up turning it into a well new made, story
3: it, it, it was. It's, it's turned into something else and it <laughs> it's I'll, crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the pressure cooker this whole contract has started right because in a way if you look at it from a cowboy fan standpoint or just an organizational standpoint this contract looming is huge huge it is the difference between how you draft it's the difference between free agency it's everything and so yeah I mean I understand that everyone is on pins and needles and waiting for news about when Dak is going to sign me remember last year Chris Sims comes out Dak Prescott's about to sign a deal and he was wrong yep they're just just taking a stab at it if I just throw mud up against the wall let's see what sticks and nothing is sticking until I hear it from Dak until I hear Mm it from the front office I don't believe it right I don't believe it. And to me, if there was going to be anything that gives you a sign that the cowboy organization is going in a different direction, go to the pro shop. And if you don't see a Dak jersey hanging on the wall, then there you go.
1: Even that is still even a little bit of a jerseys. stretch. But you're right. They're going to still sell those jerseys for the most <laughs> part. They're going to sell them They're going to <laughs> make sure and get every inch out of those. Now, really quickly, we've only got about two minutes left here, but I want to just kind of gauge everybody's attention here. We're all still on the signed Dak bandwagon, right? Where nobody's jumped off, nobody's yeah. changed their mind here, Isaiah.
4: No, oh, no. I'm just th- I'm
1: just thinking about all the potential things that we could post a picture of that people would go crazy on. Don't no, stop. Said, no, don't do it. Why don't you start that. That's a funny idea. And you know, people, I'm all about these I'm, bits, I'm, Isaiah.
4: I'm gonna post a picture. I'm gonna post a picture of Ekma in a bathroom with hand sanitizer. Oh, he didn't wash his
1: hands. This <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um. Well, you already said it. You, you want to sign Dak, but Rob, signing Dak?
0: Yep, yep. I just I just want to see it get done so we don't have to talk about stuff like this. Oh, it's just, I mean, I and I said it last week. If both sides, both sides want to get it done, I believe they can get it done. No. Yeah, Rob,
3: Rob, I'm sorry to interrupt. Your article on Dak was amazing. I, I got to say that. Your article. Thanks, the man. The article was, yeah, the, uh, you hit the nail. You hit you. it. When you said, I don't want to hear that anymore about talent. Around. I don't want to hear it. Everybody, I, I could feel you beating your chest while you were tired. I
0: was, I had to get that off my chest. You had to well, say it you it with last night. Chest. I had to say it with my chest, man. Even Pat, Pat Mahomes looked like not even close to Pat Mahomes because he didn't have the help around him that he needs. And yeah. so I don't want to hear, oh, Dak needs the table set for him. Name it. Tom Brady got the table set for him in Tampa Bay. That's why he's oh, yeah. there. Yep. So that that conversation's over for me. Mm.
1: I like it. You can find that article uh, on DallasCowboys.com. Rob has his own little <laughs> column and stuff, so go read it. I also wrote an article about potentially trading Dak for draft picks, but that was not necessarily like my opinion. I just thought it was interesting because David Hellman's on the, the bandwagon of trading Dak for draft picks, I think. He, he won't say it, but I think he no, is. No, he is I think not. he is. serious? I think he is. I think he's secretly there. He's never going to say <laughs> it, but I think he's you. there. You know I know. He's going to come whole, up to the start. And he's going to get me. I, right I, ladies and gentlemen, I am joking. <laughs> I am making a joke of David Hellman <laughs> at the moment. I just hope he doesn't come and hurt yes. me. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Talking yeah. Cowboys, but it's been a fun hour. We'll be back next Monday, 1130 Central Time. Be sure to join us. Hopefully, by that time, we'll hear some more. Things about the Dak Prescott negotiation and not via hype videos. We'll see what ends up happening here. But for Chris Beam in the back, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about this, Cowboys?